I was driving in my car on Saturday and um, I was just in prayer and the Holy Spirit spoke to me just a few words and he said, I blow where I will. That was all he said, I blow where I will. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit and I began when the Holy Spirit gives me a word, I begin to meditate on it. It doesn't have to give much of a word, but within that word, there are treasures. And I had quite a big, a long journey. I was going to see my daughter, take her to the uh, seaside. And I, I blow where I will. And I began to think about that. Scriptures, which I'll share with you in a few moments, began to come to my mind. I begin to see that what the Holy Spirit is fixing to do in our lives is far, far bigger than we could ever hope or imagine. And also begin to see that we have boxed the Holy Spirit in and that the Holy Spirit has almost been, in some circles, merchandised, prepackaged. In certain kinds of meetings, situations, the Holy Spirit is not forced, but seemingly forced into the mold of what is expected to be Holy Spirit ministry. And it's a testimony to the Holy Spirit that even with that narrow-minded boxing in, he still turns up. Because the Holy Spirit will always turn up for hungry people, you know what? More than theology, more than correct meetings, the Holy Spirit looks for hungry people. And he's also most, the most humblest person on the face of the earth. That's the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? He's the most humble person on the face of the earth, but he's also the most powerful person on the face of the earth. He is God's executive on earth. He is the power of God on earth. He is God Almighty. Without him, we don't have anything. We don't have the Father. We don't have the Son. But when the Holy Spirit says, I blow where I will, I realize, or I'm beginning to realize, I only heard this, this only hit me on Saturday, that he's looking for a people that will also blow where he wills them. And I get a picture of a people, I'd not think of anybody in general, but who are very rigid. We're very rigid. This is general, I'm not even speaking about myself, but I don't know how to talk about it. Rigid in our mindsets, rigid in our understanding, and our hearts at times can become rigid, cold, not soft. And we can get into our minds grooves of what we think we know, who the Holy Spirit is, how he works. Some of us have been around long enough to say, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, seen moves of God. And what can happen is we, we can become, instead of being soft and malleable in the hands of the Holy Spirit, we can become hard like clay, because our thinking is hard and inflexible. Our heart is hard and inflexible. Even if we've had an experience of the Holy Spirit in the past, that has become the model in our mind for the Holy Spirit in the future. Well, we've seen the Holy Spirit move in certain ways, in certain meetings, in certain moves. 
and we've been open to those but then what happens is we have this pattern oh okay that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes oh okay that's what a Holy Ghost meeting is about these are the manifestations that take place this is how we bring him down these are the songs he likes and those are the songs that he don't doesn't like and we we begin with our minds to set a rigid mindset about the Holy Spirit and I began to think of this and in my mind I was thinking of a sailboat and this is a picture I found earlier of a sailboat and I thought you know if the wind blows where he wills and we're sailboats which in a sense I think we are then what can happen in this analogy I was thinking is you can feel the wind blowing sometime and you set your sail and the wind catches you and he takes you and you've set your sail to the moving of the Holy Spirit but what can happen I believe is that we can set our sail and then the Holy Spirit changes he blows where he wills and suddenly the Holy Spirit is blowing in a different direction but we keep our sail set as it is why because of a rigid mentality oh that's how the Holy Spirit works in my life oh that's how he comes that's how he blows that's the direction he blows in we set our sail we felt the moving of the Holy Spirit we begin the uh, impetus the Holy Spirit pushes us forward and we have power in our sails power in our life but when he moves the sail remains fixed because in our mindsets we've said this is how he blows <laughs> there's plenty of people in the Old Testament that had the Holy Spirit blowing in their sails and then didn't realize that the Holy Spirit had changed tack think of Samson he wist not the old King James Version says he wist not that the Holy Spirit had left him and so I really do believe that the Holy Spirit is wanting to move in our lives like never before. I mean, I really do believe that. Not just, I believe that. Often when I come on these Sunday evenings, I speak about such things. And I do believe that he's looking for a people that will constantly be checking to see which way the wind is blowing in their lives, in their ministries, and their churches. And will be super sensitive to set the sails of their faith and their prayer to wherever the wind is blowing. And then what will happen is we'll have power in our boats. We'll be able to go forward. And the Holy Spirit is not only going to blow in the sails, but he's also our rudder. And he's going to guide us. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be so free on the sea of faith? That wherever the Holy Spirit blows, we catch the wind and we go with him. It, it, it brings me to um, the passage that I suppose the Holy Spirit was really speaking from in a John, John chapter, thank you. John chapter 3 and verse 8. By the way, Noel's song is straight from his album, Devoted, and um, it's just such a beautiful album. And you can get them at the end of services. And, and I Am Devoted is my favorite song. And, he was and I saw the video on YouTube, which is marvelous. And he was telling me how 
it, it was up for an, an award and his family in America were seeing it on God TV and, were, and, and, it, and I've got mine on iTunes, you can get it on iTunes, I've got mine on iTunes, but it's a real journey of Noel's faith and life and um, it's precious. In um, John chapter 3, a familiar passage, too familiar, this is the point, we're too familiar Sometimes with what we think about the Holy Spirit, we're familiar. We think we're Pentecostals or Charismatics and we know what the Spirit does because therefore, that's our point, Pentecostals, Charismatics. But here, there's a discussion about being born again. And uh, Jesus says to Nicodemus about being born again. He says, verse 5, Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. How many people have spirit in their version? What's it in the NIV, Mark? It's wind, is it really? Well, there you go. Mark likes the NIV, trying to wean him off it onto the New King James. He's here at KT and he's just got his first New King James Bible today anyway. So well done, Mark. Yeah. Um, has anybody got the spirit blows where it wishes in their version? All right, good. Wind. Well, the Greek word for spirit is the same as the Greek word for wind. So when you're reading that verse, you could translate it, the spirit blows where it wishes, or you could translate it, the wind blows where it wishes. You could translate, it wouldn't make much sense, but you could translate, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the wind, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Or uh, right at the end of verse 8, you could say, so it is with everyone who's born of the wind. Wind and spirit, it's the same word, pneuma, in the Greek. And so the wind blows where it wishes. That's what the Lord said to me. And um, notice it's not just the wind that blows where it wishes, but so it is with everyone who's born of the spirit or wind. It's obviously spirit there. But I want you to get this feel. Spirit is wind. Wind is spirit. Even in the Old Testament, the word ruach, is the Hebrew word for, and even in the word, the way that you say it, I'm not saying it right, but there's a it's breath. So in the Old Testament, the word ruach is spirit, but it's also breath. So when God breathed into Adam, it was the ruach of God. So we've got this wind or breath, or what is breath? Breath is wind, isn't it? It's, it's movement, it's movement of air. And so the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes or where it goes. This is what I'm trying to say. So many of us think we do know where it comes from and we do know where it's going. And this is our problem. And sometimes I think that our life and our experience of Christ and the faith is boring and mundane Because you're not moving the sails of your faith and prayer to where the Holy Spirit is is blowing. 
And, and if you have not set your sail to the wind, you've got no power in your life. And you're going nowhere, just drifting. But you set your sail to the wind and you will go on a journey wherever the Holy Spirit wants you. It says, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So the wind blows wherever it wishes. The Spirit blows wherever it wishes. And the born-again believer should also blow wherever the Holy Spirit wishes. This is amazing. This means that every day is a new journey. Every service is a new journey. Every cell group is a new journey if we are sensitive to the blowing of the wind. You know, this mysterious, invisible power of the Holy Spirit is like wind. You can't see it, but you can feel it. My daughter, she's, she's um, uh, mentally disabled, but she's beautiful and uh, inside and out. And, and she has a thing. She, whenever she senses the wind, she goes... <sighs> so if suddenly the wind comes in or we're on the pier and the wind blows in, she goes, oh, she, she notices the wind immediately and she goes... <sighs> and blows. Yeah, it's windy, isn't it? She's alert to the moving of the wind that's, that's around her. And the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is that, is that you can't second guess it. You don't know how that wind's going to come. You don't know what direction it's going to blow in. But you've just got to be sensitive to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, you just there's so much you don't know. I mean... I was looking at the things that the Holy Spirit does that we don't know how he does it, but he just does it. Like the wind, he does it. It happens, we don't know how. We just see the results of the wind and its force. So I was just flicking through some random, well, not random passages, but passages that came to me. And I was thinking of Mark chapter 4. Two parables. Mark chapter 4, 4, verse 26. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Mark 4, 26. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain is in the ear, but when the grain is ripe at once, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now here we've got the man, he's got the seed, he's got the word of God. How many of you know that seed is a picture of the word of God? We could go back, couldn't we, to the, the most famous of all parables, the sower sows the seed. And some of it falls on good ground, bad ground, indifferent ground. And that ground is what? The heart, the stony heart, the soft heart. True? The seed is the word of God. But you know, the seed without the Holy Spirit is useless. The seed without a heart that's ready to receive it is useless. And here we have a man and he's scattering the seed on the ground. He goes to sleep. He rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows, but he doesn't know. He'll wait and see the effect. What's this a picture of? It's the kingdom of God. As we plant the seed and pray the seed, 
We have no idea how that seed is going to manifest and bear fruit. We don't know how it's going to do it. I hope on your heart, because it's on my heart, is the nation of Britain, Europe, that it would once again feel the power of revival and preaching of the gospel. That hundreds and thousands of millions of people in our generation before we die would come to the Lord. If not, they'll die in their sins and be eternally punished. I hope you're hoping that the Holy Spirit is going to come again. But how is it going to happen? How is it? How is it? How does the Holy Spirit come and change your nation? How does he change your heart? We don't know how he does it. He blows where he wills. He'll come at one time to one place and there'll be a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. Mighty move of revival. Mighty move of salvation. The Holy Spirit will blow there. And you say, why? And you can try and work it out. But in the end, he blows where he wills. And here we are. We don't know how. You look at Europe, you look at London, you look at friends perhaps that you know that aren't yet saved and you think, how on earth can that person come to the Lord? I mean, how, how is it possible for God to bring this person in? You know in your uh, faith that they're meant to, but in your heart you're struggling with it. Well, God just wants us to sow the seed. He wants us to believe him. He wants us to pray. He wants it. And then he's going to do it there is an element where we cannot do it. I mean, even uh, Elijah, he could make the altar, couldn't he? He could make the altar and he doused actually the altar with water because he didn't want strange fire. It had to be God. He could make the altar, but he couldn't bring the fire. He prayed for it, but in the end, the Holy Spirit had to do it. And we can make our hearts an altar for God and we can try and build him an altar in our ministry and lives and cells. But in the end... The Holy Spirit blows where it wills. We have people that think that you can have seven ways to bring the Holy Spirit or some sort of format or they look to other times when the Holy Spirit came and they try and find, well, what was the secret to the Holy Spirit's coming in that time? Or, or, and if we do it again, if we repeat it again, will it happen? It doesn't work like that. Now, you can go back to revivals and see principles that are there, principles of the kingdom of God. But, you know, if we, if we could bring revival, then why isn't it here today? You can't bring revival, but you can prepare for it. But the Holy Spirit, the, the encouraging thing is, is that when the Holy Spirit told me, I blow where I will, that means he wants to blow. He wants to move. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't blow at all. Sometimes... The wind of the Holy Spirit, it, it quietens down. It, it stops. Have you ever been in a church where the wind isn't blowing? Have you ever been in a, a movement or heard of a movement that once was full sail with the wind? I mean, it, it's tragic what they're saying about the Methodist church. I listened to a whole program on Radio 4 um, about Methodism dying out and how it's losing so many members year after year and they were celebrating what Methodism was but they were speaking about how it might die out and that really grieved me, grieved me deeply because I believe that Methodism was one of the greatest moves of God that the world has ever seen and the wind that was in that sail 
that were Methodist people, not just the Whitcliffs, well, the Whitcliffs started, not just Whit, sorry, um, Whitfield, and then the Methodist John Wesley and all those other others. What they did is they, they just set their sails where the Holy Spirit was and they sowed the seed. They didn't know how, but the Holy Spirit began blowing on that movement. And people were getting saved and a great movement took place. But even by, by, the, by the time, before John Wesley had died, he was complaining and concerned because he felt that many Methodists had lost their fire and lost their pioneering spirit. Uh, in my words, the wind had gone out of their sails and they had set their sails in a Methodist manner that had become rigid and they become rigid in their churches and rigid in their thinking. And what was a beautiful breeze, not a beautiful wind, but a beautiful hurricane of God's power blowing through the sails of, of, of Methodist faith and prayer and, and witness that, was, that changed the land and then the world. It was like people had, had not changed their sail. They were getting into a rut. And then what we had in the early 1800s was a second wave or wind of the spirit blowing in Methodism. It's called the primitive Methodists. Especially in the north of England, you can see Methodist churches, but some outside in the stone says primitive Methodist. I, uh, you know, I was surprised when I, I was brought up in Yorkshire, I went to university in Durham. So many, not just Methodist churches in Durham and around it, but primitive Methodist chapels. It was the wind of God. And then when I came down here to the south and lived in Buckinghamshire, I couldn't find a Methodist church at all. Why? Because... That's where all the Baptists had come uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago and the Lollards and, and everything. And, and you see where the wind has been. And so at the beginning of the 1800s, some primitive, they called themselves primitive. Why? They wanted to get back where the wind was. They said, what's happened to us? What's happened to us? Like John Wesley said, you know, we, we, we've lost our power. We've lost our strength. We've lost our, our impetus. It's like a... Uh, a sailing boat without sails, just, just not moving, going nowhere, lost its direction. And so they put up again the sails of the early years and asked what the Holy Spirit was doing. And again, it was a great move. And on this program, there are some mighty Methodist ministers and some mighty Methodist churches. I'm just speaking about what I've listened to, but they picked one minister. I don't know why they picked him. I thought, my God, if all the Methodists are like him, it is going to finish. It is going to die. And, and he refused even to use the word saved. He said, oh, well, in the early days, they talked about being saved. We wouldn't use that word today. We would use the word accept, no, not even accepted. He said we'd use the word um, uh, looked after, cherished. He wouldn't even use the word saved. He was embarrassed to, to, to confess that you must be saved from your sins through faith in Christ, or you will die in your sins. And if you die in your sins, what does that mean? It means you take your sins with you to the afterlife, which is not an afterlife for those that die in their sins. They go to hell, which is not prepared for anyone, for the devil and their angels. And I grieved over that, because what we really need is a fresh Methodist revival. That's what we need. We need a fresh Methodist revival, preaching the gospel, praying for victory. But that doesn't mean that therefore we better start, you know, being Methodists and everything like that. The Holy Spirit wants to blow in a new way. Now, the Holy Spirit 
blows through us and he also blows within us. If we go to, um, well, the next parable, I won't go in depth, but it talks about the mustard seed. And here have a tiny mustard seed. It's the smallest of all seeds. And you sow it, but it grows up to become the largest of all plants. In these two parables, the parable of the seed growing, and he doesn't know how, and the parable of the tiny small seed, and it becomes the largest, the picture of this is hiddenness. Hiddenness. He sows the seed, he doesn't know how it grows, but it grows. Here it's the tiny seed, it's the smallest living thing that they could see without a microscope in those days. A tiny, tiny mustard seed. You plant it, it's nowhere. It looks like nothing. It looks like nothing's happening. But in that mustard seed is the largest of all the garden plants with large branches. The Holy Spirit is already powerfully at work. But the Holy Spirit is often powerfully at work behind the scenes. The Holy Spirit wants to be powerfully at work behind the scenes in your life. I've said on a number of occasions, the greatest working of the Holy Spirit is within your heart. That's greater than all the healings, all the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. The greatest, most powerful working of the Holy Spirit is in your soul. In your soul. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in many people's souls. Preparing them for an outpouring in Great Britain and Europe. That's what I believe. And I pray. My daily prayer is this. My de- every day, every day. I'm saying, Father, manifest the sons and daughters of the latter house. And there's a prophecy over Kensington Temple that the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former. Because this church was born in revival, healings and miracles, and a moving wind of the Spirit under George Jeffreys. Here at Kensington Temple, his headquarters church. He didn't stay here. He blazed a trail throughout the whole of Britain. And the Holy Spirit moved in evangelism and gifts of the Spirit and miracles and healings. When uh, the church moved out of here and came back, they found down in the basement, signs church full. 50 of them came back. It's a long story. They found wheelchairs. They found um, white sticks the remnants of a former wind. And thank God, God's grace, there have been winds of the Spirit that have blown in Kensington Temple in different seasons and different times. But we don't want to rest on those. You know, sometimes people, I know people, keep in touch with them that have left KT for good reasons and bad (laughs) over the last 23 years I've been here. And sometimes when I meet them, they talk to me. And they talk to me as if Kensington Temple was still exactly when they were there 15 years ago. It's bizarre. And I say, it's not like that at all. And they talk about as if everything had stopped on freeze frame. And, I think, and I'm saying, no, no, things have changed, thank God. Why? Because we are endeavouring to set our sails to the wind of the Spirit and to try to discern when he's moving. What about in your life? You see, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit searches... In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 uh, and verse um, all right well actually yeah well, well not yeah 1 Corinthians 
3 verse 5. This isn't the point. This is the former point to go with the other parables. What then is Apollos 3 5? What is Paul's servants through whom you believed? As the Lord assigned to each, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. You see, you can plant, you can water, but it's God that gives the growth. That's why I can't understand these people that grow a church to 100 members and think they're somebody special, think they're somebody unique, think they're somebody worthy of double honour. No, you may, have, you may have planted well, you may have watered well, but only God can give the growth. Do you know that? Only God can get, who are we talking about? The blowing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit could blow right through this church and right through all the churches in London and bring great growth. It's God that brings the growth. It's the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. And then the passage that I was thinking of is, is um, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. But as it's written... What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. You see, the Spirit is the Spirit of prophecy. And so there are things that God has prepared for us. You haven't seen them. You haven't imagined them. But God has prepared them in your personal life, in our life as a church, a city church, in Britain, God has prepared things for us. How do we know these things that God has prepared? By the Holy Spirit. God has revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. Through things like driving in a car and the Holy Spirit saying, I blow where I will. And then give, opening your mind to what he means by that. Through words spoken to your life. The Holy Spirit is speaking. Are you listening? That was a problem with the uh, the Hebrew church in Hebrews 3. And that was the problem with the children of Israel. They weren't listening to what the Holy Spirit was saying. It was say, today if you hear his voice. Now, I have a little book, a prophetic book, where I write down what the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And in that is the journey, my journey from the past. I've got things written down there now fulfilled. got things written down there to come. I've got things that are going to happen short term. Prophecy. The Holy Spirit spoke to me through his word, through his spirit, given me it, put them there. Other people have spoken to me, put it, written it down, I write it down. It's there. Things short term, things long term, things at the end of my life. It's there. The pattern of the Holy Spirit that eye has not seen or ear has not heard. I couldn't see these things. I couldn't hear these things. I couldn't imagine these things. But these things the Holy Spirit has revealed to me, charting the course of my life, my ministry, and my destiny. And it's the same for you. He's spoken to me about my children many years ago. The Holy Spirit spoke to me about my children, spoke to me about my son. I'm seeing prophecy fulfilled right now before me. As my son grows, I'm seeing it. I said, you spoke to me about that, Lord. You gave me that word. You showed me the direction, the path. And, and it's amazing to me and marvelous to me to see that God answers his promises when at times it doesn't look like he's going to answer them. So he's given us a pattern. He's given us a picture. He's speaking to us. He's speaking about how he wants to change our lives. He's speaking to us to set our sails so that when he gives us these nudges, some of these prophecies are the move of the Spirit. So sometimes what can happen is you can be, I'm not where I go, I'm not what's happening, I don't know. I'm, I'm just sort of like, you know, 
I'm like a, a, a boat in a lake and there's no wind. And then the Holy Spirit can give you a prophecy that carries you. You know, when it talks about Scripture, how did men bring Scripture? It says, men carried along by the wind. You know that passage? Is it Peter? Thank you, it's Peter. Men carried along by the wind or the Spirit. It's the same word. In other words, when they came to write Scripture, they were writing things. They were inspired. But what happened was their sails were set. The Holy Spirit carried them, carried them along. It's the picture of the wind. And so a prophecy can be a breath of the wind. When God speaks a word into a church or a nation or a heart or your life about anything, it, it carries with it power to produce what's prophesied. It's the wind in your sails. Sometimes when God speaks and everything seems to be the opposite, just set your sails and let the Spirit and His Word fill the sails and carry you along. Walking by the Spirit is not the same as walking by the flesh. We read that, Jesus said, flesh gives birth to flesh. The engine of, a, of the flesh that drives the life is like a nasty, dirty diesel tractor engine. It drives the pistons, it drives the life, and it drives you into all the wrong places. Flesh power produces flesh results. But the Holy Spirit is not like that. And when you, when you lift your faith and the prayers of God become your, uh, um, what are those things? Sales. Then... But you know, you can have a word and not act on it. You can have a move of God and not set your sail to it. You can be rigid. You can be rigid, set in your way, trying to go one direction when the wind is blowing in a different direction, trying to do something in your life when God wants to do something else in your life. You're like somebody paddling a boat against the wind, swimming upstream, as the Holy Spirit wants to carry you somewhere, you're swimming upstream, swimming against the current of the Spirit, swimming against the thing, and you're going in the wrong direction. That's why it's difficult for you, because life in the Spirit is very different to life in the flesh. Life in the flesh, life using human reasoning, life using human manipulations, life using intellect alone, that is a difficult life. When I have a difficult time, it's because... I'm not in the spirit like I should be. I haven't covered things. I haven't set the sails of prayer to, to guide and to glide me across dangerous waters. I'm trying there to paddle there with my own energy, paddle there with my own thinking, paddle there with my rigid religious thinking, thinking I know it when I haven't even started. Let me tell you something. There are a number of people that need to hear this. And if you don't think you need it, it's for you. You think far highly of your, far too highly of yourself. And that's why there's not been a moving in, in, in your life of the Spirit. Because the Spirit's saying, well, you, you think you've got it worked out. You've, you, think you're, you think you're a leader. You think you're mature. You think you understand the things of the Spirit. You think you understand of the, the things of the Word. And because you think it, that's your deception. For the Spirit searches everything. Do you know what I love? The Holy Spirit searches our life. 
Yet at the same time, he's searching the very depths of God. Who knows the mind of God? Who can tell what he will do? His ways are not our ways. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how much you know the Bible. His ways still aren't your ways. And even your understanding of the Bible isn't his understanding of the Bible. He has to reveal it to you. I mean, I've read that scripture, the wind blows where it, I've studied it in the Greek, do you know what I mean? Then the Holy Spirit comes in one moment in a car and just says, I blow where I will. Bang! All of a sudden, a whole stream of thought and meditation and revelation. I blow where I will. I blow where I will. And all of a sudden, there's a fresh wind coming into my life. There's the Holy Spirit is blowing. There's a, a, the, the power and energy of revelation. There's a, the, my mind starts being opened of things to come and the workings of how the Holy Spirit works. He doesn't work like we think he works, where he wills, how he wills, does what he likes, praise the Lord. You know, he does not wish to fit into our rigid mentality. Do this Holy Spirit, come at their Holy Spirit. Lay hands on the sick, you have to come Holy Spirit. Do the other Holy Spirit. It's amazing that sometimes you'll still graciously come with that type of ridiculous mentality, but he, wa- he doesn't want us. I, rem- I remember the Holy Spirit once spoke to me in another way, which is similar to this, and he was speaking about my stubbornness, stubbornness in the Spirit to him, and I was like, surprised that I- he would call me stubborn, but that's the point, isn't it? <laughs> if, if, if I wasn't surprised, I wouldn't have to be told you're stubborn. And it was like the Holy Spirit was saying to me, you're as stubborn as a mule. I began to think about that thing. Don't be like a, a, a mule that, you know, you have to whack to get this way or give a carrot to get that way. And, and that all that hard work. And the Holy Spirit's trying to ride my life. I'm resisting and pulling and going this way where the Holy Spirit wants to go this way. I mean, I love riding horses. I have ridden donkeys. I don't like riding donkeys. Why? Because if a donkey doesn't want to go your way, he won't. And then it's a test of strength and you lose. That story was born on the beaches of Cleethorpe. Donkeys, don't go on donkeys. But, and he says, you're like a donkey. And, I, and he said, this is what I want you to be. And he gave me a picture of um, uh, what was the royal tournament. I think they still do. Royal tournament in Earl's Court. Uh, or not Earl's Court, Olympia. And I'd gone there once and I saw the household cavalry and they were riding their horses and I couldn't understand how they were riding their horses because they didn't have any reins. They were just sitting there in their saddle and they were holding like these pennants or flags and they were riding their horses in display and the horses were just, just, it was just the most amazing, one of the most amazing things I ever saw and they were just moving this way and that. I'm thinking, how can this be? How can they be directing the horses this way and that in these intricate moves because they have no reins? What is this, telepathy? Mind control? I couldn't understand it. And so I asked a friend of mine, he was a captain in the Blues and Royals uh, and attended Kensington Temple at that time. And I said to him, I said, I don't understand how you do it. He said, said, well, these, these horses are so finely attuned to their riders that they just guide them with little pressures on their knees. Just a little pressure and it'll move. Little pressure, tiny pressure. I said, I, I said, I couldn't even see that. He said, no, you can't see it. Just a touch, just a tiny pressure. And the horse, this great, magnificent charger of a horse, a cavalry horse, a horse above all horses. And just a little touch and it goes. 
And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, that's what I want you to be like. You say, are you there yet? Well, I'm more of a pony at the moment, but I'm going to get there. I, I, you know, sometimes ponies can be a bit rotten too. But anyway, but that, that's it. And that's like the wind. You hear what I'm saying? It's another picture of the wind. The Holy Spirit is searching deep into God. And he's trying to, well, he is searching deep to you. And just imagine that. He that is right now searching the deep things of almighty God. He is God. He's searching the depths. He's also searching you. What a divine connection. No wonder he reveals things to us. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God that we might understand the things freely given. Later on. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom. There's too much human wisdom in the church today. There's too much human wisdom. It comes across as teaching or preaching. There's no spirit on it. It's just talk. Ah, but it's right. Yeah, it's right talk. I'm not saying it's wrong talk. It's right. It's right about the Bible. It's right doctrine. There's no spirit on it. I like stuff where there's spirit on it. Where there's anointing on it. Well, you can feel there's something on it, not just doctrine. For God's sake, Britain is swamped in dead doctrine and opinions of men. What we need is a word of God coated by the power of the Holy Spirit. God takes the word and he makes it fly. God takes the word and he breathes on it. God takes the word and we hear the word and we lift our sails and we feel power coming into our lives. Not a driving thing, not a driving, pressurizing, fleshly, religious manipulation, but just the wind of the Spirit that carries you. I'll tell you what, when you're, when you're in prayer over a situation that is weighing you down and, and, and you feel the flesh and you want to react fleshly and the engine of the flesh is revving up because you're going to sort it out and you quieten that engine, you switch it off in the name of Jesus, you crucify it, you kill it, you lift your hands like sails, and you say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, I'm going to deal with this situation with patience, forbearance, and kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and peace, I'm going to come to you and ask for joy in this scenario, and believe the best of people, I'm going to take 1 Corinthians 13, and, and go through the love passage, Love is not coarse, and love, love believes the best, hopes the best. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to lift the sails of the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to lift the sails of my prayer. I'm going to wait on the Lord until I feel the wind of the Spirit uh, behind me in this situation. And I'm going to go and deal with this scenario. But I'm going to go, and I'll be led by the Spirit. That's what Romans says. In 8, 8, uh, 14, that the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit. In other words, we set our sails in the Holy Spirit. He's got a path. He'll lead us through troubled waters. He'll lead us through difficult times. And it'll be a gliding thing. Oh, it'll be rough water. Oh, there are rocks that are out there to try and wreck us. But if we just lift our sails, the Holy Spirit will guide us. And it's a wonderful thing to be guided by the Holy Spirit. To set your sail. You say things you wouldn't normally say. And things you normally say, you don't say. You put a guard on your mouth. And the way, and your actions are different than they normally are. And the things that you would normally do, you don't do. You step back. You, you have the, the fruit of the spirit of self-control. Why? Because you are going where the wind is going. You're not trying to force your own engine in life. 
making things happen. You're making things happen by the power of the Spirit. Ephesians 6.18 tells us to pray in the Spirit. In other words, when you pray, it's got to be in the Spirit. Now, there's different levels of praying in the Spirit, but the most important one is just to set your sail. Set your sail when you're going to pray and say, Lord. I mean, sometimes the Lord comes upon my prayer life in such power that I'm excited about what's about to happen in the day. I mean, I was driving in my car. I do a lot of my praying in my car. I was driving in my car, and I was doing my normal praying, and I was praying over certain things, which were my regular prayer, and I prayed in the Spirit. And all of a sudden, I feel a strength coming into my prayer. I feel a wind getting behind what I'm praying. And all of a sudden, my prayer is getting stronger, more directed. It's flowing in a way that's, that, that's not normally flowing. It, it, it's moving more natural, more supernatural. And I find my words, I am, and I'm thinking, I'm being carried. I'm being carried. I pray these prayers every day, but something's now breathing. These prayers, of, I pray them every day because the Lord told me to pray them every day. It's not a work of the flesh. He put them on my heart. But now I'm feeling a wind. And I'm praying and I'm guiding and all of a sudden I'm being specific in my prayer. I'm, I wasn't specific before, but specific things, specific people, specific situations. And I begin to call things out and suddenly an authority comes upon me. And I begin to order, give divine orders into the spiritual realm. I begin to stop and I begin, I begin to say no and I begin to say yes. I begin to lock and I begin to loose. I begin to release. And there's a wind behind it all. And, and I'm just, my mind is just sitting back. And going, wow, my mind is just sitting back and going, I recognize this. This is the wind of the Holy Spirit in my sails. And my mind is just letting it flow. But my mind is just going, wow. My mind is going, what's going to happen? My mind. And after, I, after it lifts, because it's done, I think, my God, I've done some work today. I haven't even been, I've, you know, I'm still on the A40. I have done some work today. I've got some peace today. I am not worrying about those situations today. Might have to start all over again tomorrow, but today. And often I've found that, not always, but often, when that thing comes on me, something happens that day. Where I go, that's what happened in them. That's what that was for. I get excited. It doesn't happen all the time here and there. I get excited when, when the wind gets in my cells like that. I get excited. And it's amazing how many times I can see that was my prayer today person doesn't know it, the situation doesn't know it, I know it. Wow, that's exciting prayer. You just lift your hands, you say, Lord, you just take the prophecies that God has already given you, and you take those and you pray them. It's not all about an experience, it's about spirit, and you pray them, and you speak them because you know that there's wind in those sails. Why? Because God gave you that prophecy to pray through. So whether you feel good or you feel bad, you go back to the prophecy. You go back to what you know God has spoken to. And you pray it, and you pray it, and you pray it, and you're excited because you know you're praying God's will. You're praying God's revealed will to you. It's the specific win for your specific life and your specific path. And so you're lifting your wins for the, the Holy Spirit. You're praying in the Spirit. Don't want to pray in any other way. Don't want to pray in the flesh. When you pray in the flesh, what happens is, you are engineering what you want. And, and there's nothing worse than that. There's nothing worse praying with a bad attitude. No, you just gotta, you just got to let yourself go. Set your sail and be led by the Spirit. You know, the gifts of the Spirit, I haven't got time to turn to it, but, it, well, actually I do. 1 Corinthians 12, 
The gifts of the Spirit is another picture of the Holy Spirit doing whatever he wants, through whoever he wants, whenever he wants. All these people trying to manipulate the gifts of the Spirit. I've got this gift, I've got that gift. No, you don't, you don't have any gift. The Holy Spirit is the gift giver. If he uses you regularly in a gift, praise the Lord. But he can stop using you as easily as he started. Now, uh, concerning spiritual gifts, verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties. Everybody say varieties. Variety really is the spice of life, especially when it comes to the Holy Spirit. But it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For one is the utterance of wisdom, to another utterance of knowledge. Another is the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another the working of miracles and prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these things empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. You see, if you want to move in the gifts of the Spirit... Set your sail. You can desire to move in the gifts. It's good to desire to move in the gifts. Not many, enough people do, but you set your sail. Now, the, I, I'm going to bring this to a close. I want you to set your sail in your individual life. I want you to say, I, I, want you to say, I don't want to be rigid anymore. I don't want to just keep going on the path and, think of, and second guess the Holy Spirit, but I want to be free I want to be free. Next time you speak in tongues, I don't want you to speak in tongues like you've always spoken in tongues. Maybe you've got into a mind rut. Maybe your mind says, oh, I can do that. I want you to speak in tongues like you speak in tongues the first time. You don't know what's coming out of your mouth. Whenever I speak in tongues, I, say, I give a little reminder to myself, speak it as, as the Holy Spirit gives you it. Don't just do the same shimmy shoe that you've done the last 50 years because the Holy Spirit's wind has moved on from that it's the wrong sale and uh, I like speaking I like speaking in tongues by myself because some of the stuff that comes out of my mouth is well weird I wouldn't like to use it on a, on a Wednesday evening prayer meeting but that's, 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 that's me I probably need to be a bit open because I just let it flow and I get different tongues varieties of tongues and I'm just waiting for the Holy Spirit just to, to, to do it and sometimes the tongue comes and I go oh I wonder what's happening because that is a strange tongue that I'm speaking in right now, but the Holy Spirit's blowing right through it. And I get excited, because I know every time that happens, something's going on in the Spirit that's going to be good. Hallelujah. It's good to feel the move of the Spirit. And then you've seen that picture behind me. Because um, I, w- I don't really sail. I, was on we- I did a little bit of sailing on Lake Windermere on a PGL thing when I was 14. And I haven't done anything since, but my son sails. And I was watching this sailing race on TV um, a week or so ago, the highlights of a sailing race, and I was just looking at it. And I saw something I'd never noticed before. And if you look at the picture behind me, keep it just, that's right. You see that big red thing on the front? Well, when they turned a corner, all of a sudden they put out this extra sail. And I thought, I've never seen that before. This big, huge balloon of a sail. And I said, what's that, Jake? I thought, I've never seen that. He says, it's a, is it a spinnaker? Spinnaker? Yeah, yeah, a spinnaker. 
And I said, well, that looks like they're trying to catch every bit of wind they can to get every speed out of it. He said, yes, that's exactly what it is. I said, I'd never seen that before. And I thought that, and that really fascinated me, watching them racing, that they'd get around a corner and suddenly they'd get where the wind was and they'd get the spinnaker out and this huge, massive, big balloon would suddenly catch and then they would really start rocketing. And I, and I was like, Holy Spirit, what's this about? Well, when, when this thing, I'm sorry, I thought, oh, that reminds me of that thing I watched with Jake. What's this about? And I felt the Holy Spirit saying, well, at the moment, I'm moving, but there's going to come a time when you're going to have to get the spinnaker out. You hear what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit's moving. The Holy Spirit's moving, no doubt about that, in your life, in my life. He wants us to yield so that we can get the full wind of the Spirit blowing. And he wants us to, to be like him and blow wherever he takes us. He wants us to, to get the mentality off and just in our prayer and our devotions, worship, in our life, in our hearing God. He wants to get us out of the rut and onto the sea of faith. To get our uh, sails up and to say... Where's the wind? To wait for that wind to come. And when that wind comes, you set your sail to the prophecy. You set your sail to the word. You set your sail to the sermon. You set your sail in prayer. You set your sail to the movement. You set your sail. You set your sail. And you, then you'll fail yourself gliding. And you begin to have a wonderful journey with the Holy Spirit. And that's what the Holy Spirit's doing right now. It's the regular work of the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if we yield and God does his work in our hearts, and does that work in us corporately, not just individually, but together, there'll come a time where we can, where the Holy Spirit say, right, now you're ready to fly. I mean, look at, look at that thing behind me, that boat behind me. I mean, look, so if you can get a bit closer on this red, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hardly touching the, um, the ocean. It's a big boat, but if you look at how much is actually touching the surface, it's a tiny amount. Look, look how much it's off it. It's almost, almost, isn't it? Don't know much about sailing, but it's almost flying. So it's like skimming. Whereas in normal sailing, it's just moving. But this is almost, look at that spinnaker and how big it is compared to the, uh, to the sail. But you don't see it. I didn't, I didn't see it. Suddenly, it just appears. It's not like a heavy sail. It's a light thing. And look at the speed. I believe that God is doing a work in our lives. We've got to set our sail. And there's work to be done. Still more work to be done. But there's going to come a time when he says, you're ready. Individually, corporately. He's going to say, you're ready. You're ready now. You can cope. You can cope with the speed. You're not just going to go through the waters of life. I'm going to do a quick work, a fast work. I'm going to do a work where you're going to skim. Where you used to plow through in the flesh. Where you used to try and, and use your paddling. You've set your sail and you're moving and you're getting used to sailing with the sea captain, the Holy Spirit. You're getting used to sailing with the Holy Spirit. You don't get on one of those on your first day of sailing practice. Do you know what I mean? You get on that when you're an expert in the dinghies and the other things. Then you go to the faster boats. And that's where God's got many of us. He's got us on these other boats, these dinghies. And he's, and he's just saying, I want you to get used to me. But then I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's going to put us in the big race. And, we're going to th and he's going to say, now's your time. We're going to throw out a spinnaker and things are going to happen with lightning speed. 
Things are going to, miracles are going to come like never before. They're going to be just flowing. We won't be trying to work up a miracle, my friend. We, we will be trying to cope with the, with the amazing miracles. And power's going to come. And souls are going to be coming. We won't be trying to win one a year, my friend. We won't, we won't have enough people to deal with the harvest. The nets are going to break. And the Holy Spirit's going to flow through this land. But he has to have boats with spinnakers. Boats and people whose lives know how to sail in the wind of the Holy Spirit. Know when to turn this way, when to turn that. Know how not to resist the wind of God in their own personal life, in their marriages, in their families, in their cell groups. He, he wants to train us to move with the Spirit so that then, corporately together, he'll say, now's the time they'll become a gust of wind like the mighty wind that came. On the day of Pentecost, they'd been moving with the Spirit. They'd been following Jesus. They'd been doing all those things and, and learning and growing. And then they were in prayer. And then the day of Pentecost came. He came like a mighty rushing wind. And he basically said, get your spinnakers out. And within 24 hours, 5,000, 3,000 people had come to the Lord. There was a move of God that shook a city. Hallelujah. And things moved like lightning in the early church. That's God's plan. I pray that that will put wind in your sails tonight. Let's just stand together. The work is done, I believe. We will have the ministry team here at the front to pray for any need you have. But I believe, the, I believe I've discharged the work of the Spirit amongst us today. So let's just, just receive that before we go into a time of ministry. And we'll have... Uh, for the next 15, 20 minutes or so, as long as it takes, we'll pray for anything that you have and, and minister. So if ministry team come forward, Lord, let's lift our hands symbolically. Just go with me as if you were lifting your sails. Now lift them up like sails, not like bowls. It's just, it's just, it's just symbolic. It's not even prophetic, but it's symbolic. Lord, we lift our sails, the sails of our life. Lord, where we have been in the engine, that nasty, smelly gasoline engine, diesel engine of the flesh, trying to drive our way against your currents, we lift our hands right now. We ask for the Holy Spirit to blow. Lord, we, uh, we take hold of that sail and we refuse to box you in. If we've been in a rut, we get out of the rut. And we just set our sails, we'll set our sails in prayer. We'll set our sails in ministry. We'll set our sails in the reading of your word. We'll set your, our sails every day. And Lord, we will be led by the Spirit. And we will walk in the Spirit. We'll keep in step with the Spirit. And we, Lord, we will allow the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives to manifest that we'll catch the winds that comes only through the fruit and is killed by the flesh. And we say, breathe on us, breath of God. And breathe through us. And let there be a supernatural life amongst us, Lord. An impartation of spiritual things. Not just head knowledge. Not just scripture knowledge. Not just denomination knowledge. Not just knowledge passed on second hand. But first hand moving of the wind of the Spirit. Lord, in our lives, Lord, if we're on the wrong course, Lord, now lead us on the course where the wind is blowing. Even if we've been backslidden and actually heading against your wind. We turn right now and we say, Lord, let the wind catch our sails and breathe on us and blow us. And Lord, let, the, let, the, let us come out of the flesh and let there, let there be the gliding of a, of a boat. The gliding, the wind. We just know that it, it's the Holy Spirit that's empowering us through the day. 
that we're going His way. We're setting the sail His way, not the world's way. And that you are breathing and that you are in control and that we're doing the work in the Spirit. We're not trying to fight it out in the flesh. We're going into the Spirit and we're flying in the Spirit. We're praying in the Spirit. We're speaking in the Spirit. We're prophesying in the Spirit. We're acting in the Spirit. We're acting according to the principles of love and all these things. And the God is doing a work in our lives and He's blowing out the cobwebs and He's blowing to us a wonderful wind of the Holy Spirit blowing through His people blowing in the sails of our gifts and blowing in the sails of our heart. And Lord, there is an impetus. There is a wind of the Spirit that's blowing and you are going to take your church and you're going to take them forward and lead them not in their direction but your direction with blasts of prophecy wind, blasts of rhema wind, blasts of anointed teaching wind. You're going to send forth your Spirit in all its manifestations and you're going to send us and we're going to go there and it won't be man-made power it'll be a supernatural power because you blow where you will you blow where you will Lord we invite you to blow where you will blow where you will Lord blow where you will and, and may we who's born of the Spirit born into the wind may we blow where you will too oh God may we blow where you blow where you go may we go where you plot course may we go God you won't give wind to power what you're not doing but you will give wind for what you're doing oh let us be so attuned to your wind that the slight changing in your direction will cause a changing in mind a changing in prayer strategy a changing in action a changing a changing a slight changing you blow where you will may we not get stuck in a rut may we not get stuck in a rut but may we be attuned and sensitive oh the exciting life of walking in the spirit let there be an impartation of this prophetic message into people's lives let there be experiences of great winds blowing in people's personal lives let them feel once more the power of the wind of God the Pentecost power of the Spirit blowing in their lives Lord let them feel their lives moving empowered by the wind of God on the sails of faith and prayer Lord release it we pray release it we pray release it in our lives in the name of Jesus if you need prayer for anything tonight, the Holy Spirit is ministering as He will. Prayer for sickness, prayer for finances, prayer for a job, whatever it might be. We're just going to worship the Lord for 10 minutes or so. And if you need prayer, leave your seats, come out while there is a moving of the Spirit. And let's just seal this in worship. If you need to go, God bless you. Go anytime you want to. If you want to stay a while and just, just set your sails a bit more and let the Holy Ghost work in you or come from prayer, now's the time.